Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today, I am so excited to have on a 35-year-old from Lewes, England. His hockey journey took him to England, Canada, the USA, Scotland, Australia, and I just saw him in the old honey hole, Cardiff, Wales. He broke into pro hockey as a teenager with the Slough Jets, then decided to spread his hockey wings and head across the pond to the Bradford Rattlers and promptly became a two-time champion and an all-star, earning his way to NCAA hockey at Morrisville State College. He then set up shop in Glasgow and played four seasons with the clan. He then ran a muck of the Australian League with the Adelaide Adrenaline and probably ate kangaroo. Sick weirdo. We then became teammates and champions with my Cardiff Devils winning the Challenge Cup and promptly got the Devils banned from the hotel. The next season, he loved the pregame speeches and then set up shop with the Guilford Flames for the next four seasons while becoming a worldwide phenomenon, becoming one of the most famous photographers in all the world and is running amok of the photo industry, folks, as M Visuals. Welcome to the shed, Mike Will. Mate, what an introduction. I've never... Hey, there we are. <laughs> you're muted, Wilsey. It's because you're on a work call, mate. Yeah. Right. Well, <laughs> it is Monday. <laughs> yeah, fair, yeah, fair. What an introduction. I was just saying, what an introduction. You've done your research, mate. That was amazing. Uh, yeah, and what a, I guess what a crazy career it's been so far. It really has. And, you know, I, I told the big dog that work always came first, and I have taken my lunch hour, so hopefully nobody else calls, right? <laughs> no i appreciate you having me on at this time so um, uh, yeah man it's we, great been to talking see you. about doing this forever and then i finally saw you in person and then we'd lot we we even exchanged phone numbers again isn't it weird how you lose track of people's phone numbers when all these hockey guys switch phones every summer yeah yeah it's yeah. one of those things that you guys are so close and you you're literally in each other's messages every day and then suddenly like you go your separate ways and it's yeah. crazy it really it, is like, it really is it's like your brothers and then you're still brothers like and it seems like for that next start of the half a season you'll really talk a lot with your teammates from the year before and then you get in with the new team and it just kind of fizzles out you know <laughs> till you start yeah. shed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah until you start something like this though which is awesome and it was great to catch up with you in cardiff that was such an awesome weekend for battery testimonial yeah, it wasn't it. What a time! Oh man, so good. I like. I was pumped when I didn't realize the the, the lineup he was gonna bring right? in. I and then he was just, he just the asked me, and I was like, together. I was like, yeah, sure. Like, cool. It'd be fun to see some of the Brits and maybe a few Canadians and ports. And then suddenly, I looked at the roster. I was like, holy mate, unbelievable! Yeah. 
And that's a testament to Batchy, right? That like, there's a few guys that like they put up their own money and paid for flights across the world to be there for him. And that goes to show what type of dude he is. Right. Absolutely. And and we raffled off a Jersey and I pretty well paid for my flight folks. So good work. It was hundred percent worth it. It was. So I like, uh, I like your uh, slogan there behind you. Do epic shit. So where are you right now? Uh, I'm in London. I've just closed over recently. I was in Spain. Um, <laughs> and then before that, I was in LA, Vegas. Um, before that, I was in, I think I was in Japan, somewhere maybe. And then I was in Bali for six weeks. And then South Africa and Paris. And there's definitely this, some other places in this between. Is, so. This is all like within how long? you went told us like five months really so you, you're you're on the move Cardiff. Day. yeah yeah it's been it's been an incredible start to the year um i don't even know where you want to start we i think we should like i usually right get, now, like, well i usually get into how we know each other but i'm so curious of what you've been doing since we played together um <laughs> i've kind of watched it from afar but i get into how we know each other i'll never forget it cause I've seen what you've done and what you've become with your brand and your business. But like, um, I remember showing up at a hotel on a road trip and all I want to do is go in the room and have a beer too with Dougie and chef. Right. And that's what we do is have a beer and, um, chat. It's like an episode in the shed, but you were getting, as soon as we got to a city, you were getting in the elevator and, leaving with your camera and i remember saying like what are you doing and you're like i'm going shooting <laughs> and i could tell the passion you had for it and like you couldn't wait to get to different cities to go out and shoot right it was just an opportunity to yeah to take my camera and i just had this little point and shoot camera and it was just something to do on the side of hockey it was like a little fun hobby and i think that often when you know we all love hockey and it's all part of our life and that's what we focus on and we do but it was nice to have something outside of that that i was passionate about as well and then yeah. photography was just that that passion. And yeah, we used to go to, I remember we, we went to Belfast and I used to go onto the rooftop of the hotel and I'd go and shoot from there. And then we were in Nottingham a few times and I would try different areas. And it was just cool to then be able to go and, and shoot different Because different hockey areas took you there, right? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And then that's where it kind of started. And that was my second year in Cardiff. And then when I then signed in Guildford, it was obviously the closest team to London. Yeah. So it brought about an incredible amount of opportunity uh, to have and go shoot around in London. Yeah. And that is really where it then exploded because I started posting on social media and that became such a big thing that we now know today with, with Instagram and then the growth of TikTok and other social media platforms alongside them. Yeah. Um, but at the time, no one was no one was doing it. And I remember guys just going like, why are you posting on Instagram? I don't know, because it's cool. Like, yeah. it's fun. Well, it is and, fun and, to do stuff like that. I like post on Instagram too. Funny stuff. I just posted a couple funny ones of you. One of your poster pics. I don't know if you've ever zoomed in, but Tom Darnell is right behind the net with the goofiest grin on his face. Was that a shootout? That was, I'm not, that was a, why is he standing behind you looking like that? What a smug looking grin on his face. I mean, that was one of his last games. Is he still, is he still in the league? I don't know. No. And Um, I actually, so that's what I like together is he, uh, he wrote to me when I posted that and, uh, no way. And he said how much he misses it. And I said, well, it looks like you're having fun. I love it. And he goes, always having fun, man. I miss it. And it's fun when the refs have fun. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. Anyways. uh, But yeah, so you started it with Instagram and like, 
dude, I thought it was cool that like we're over 170,000 listens to the audio. And um, I thought that was really neat. Yeah. From me and my shed talking to my friends. But then I, I, when I looked you up, man, you have 214,000 followers. I have a few. Yeah. How does that, how do you get that many? Like, where have you got it? What have you done? <laughs> uh, I can see just post as many times as possible, creating as cool a content as possible, riding waves of, I guess, what social media tells you is going to be a trend for a while. Um, so you like yeah, study the social media too. Like, you know how to do it. I remember you'd always use hashtags. I don't do that. I just post no, it. But, but that's changed now. They're not as important anymore, but it's a case of like, the constantly social media wants to evolve and wants to evolve as creators. So therefore they're going to give little nuggets of information that you can kind of pick up on in a certain way to then grow in certain things that, that, so it's just a case of keeping up on those trends and finding out what they're wanting you to do and playing the social media game basically. And I did that quite early on. I figured it out and then had multiple brands going and uh, yeah, and found a lot of success through Instagram, which is crazy and was working with these brands with some incredible brands from, xbox to i became a sony ambassador i was working with samsung google um <laughs> bentley uh, and they, they reach out to you like, by posting yeah. stuff so they reach out to me through instagram or through now i have obviously a great network and through email and uh, yeah, i just reach out and say hey we've got a campaign or we need this or we need that like i was just in spain creating a commercial and directing for toyota so we had the global <laughs> toyota team so that's for their global Ah, it's so it's so cool to see where you're at from and... being that got that kid leaving in the elevator, you know? <laughs> yeah, literally running off with my little point and shoot camera. Oh, it's so cool to see and like the pictures you put up. I'm like, I have no idea how he did that. When you were doing the ones where like there were lights and like it was like a car would go in the mountains in Switzerland, yeah. and then you'd have like the trail behind it, and I was like, what yeah, is light the trail. sorcery? <laughs> <laughs> yeah long exposures that's kind of where where i made a name for myself in the industry was through night photography uh and that kind of then paved the way for learning and doing as well which has been cool yeah so it's been so what's your forte nowadays now you're like film director photographer director of what like what all you got going here (laughs) yeah Uh, yeah i've moved more into directing organizing i guess that's like become something much bigger uh, which I'm doing on the side of my social media. I'm still doing a lot of travel content. I still tour with DJs. Um, so lots of music festivals. Um, yeah, there's still a lot of, of content that's going on my own social as well with social media influencing with different brands. But a large part of what I'm moving in towards and we'll see if it continues that way is the production side of things. So getting a team around me to then um, create a larger scale or um not necessarily larger scale because it's what I'm doing anyway with, with me and one other person would be the same, but like it's for bigger brands and for, for more content of it. So not just like one reel or 10 photos, it's like 50 photos or six or seven reels that you're then producing. And that's then obviously a slightly larger so um, operation. I don't know this world at all. Right. Um, I just like talk to my shed. I don't, I, I, I don't. So, Wow. You're going to be traveling a lot more than this year coming up, eh? Yeah, yeah, there's, there's going to be a lot more coming up. I mean, the next month I'm trying to be in the UK. I might be in Turkey next week, but I'm not 100% sure on that. And then the following week I might be somewhere else, but I'm trying to move them. And I'm waiting for, a, I have a shoot, a couple of other big shoots coming up. So I'm trying to work my way around that. And uh, and so do you, are you still taking a lot of the 
pictures or do you know who's got yeah. talent and you have people working for you now? So I, I guess with the photos, it's still me. Yeah. Uh, and then with the videos, it's like the videos become so much bigger. I'm sure on social media, uh, I have a team around me that, um, so a talented team of anything from animators to um, videographers, cinematographers that I can bring in and we can kind of execute my ideas and, and we can get it all done and then I'll help assist it but it'll be like the vision that I have will be part of that. And then, yeah, they can help and um, do it because it's, it's tough to do absolutely everything. And there's some incredibly talented people out there. So it's, it's better to build a strong team. And I guess I learned that through hockey is, yeah. is you know, a big part of when I broke into the photography industry, it was very much a soloist hobby. And I had the complete opposite approach of being like, well, why would I do it on my own? Why wouldn't I have five other or 10 other people around me that are all incredibly talented? And we can help each other out and we can all level and that, up. And that grow. is hockey, right? And I bet you there's not many hockey guys that were as passionate as into what you're into. And that skill set would definitely help. And I remember when you were starting, like, geez, you'd almost call it a cult to these kids, all these guys showing up in the UK and you called it like UK shooters or something, right? And yeah. then you were having like, like, all your people together and all learning from each other and getting better. And isn't that hockey? <laughs> yeah, no, literally like yeah, we had a, we yeah, started UK shooters, which is one of, one of the other businesses, which was a community. So that was to get, you know, any number of people from, we now host events where they're ticketed. But at the time, I remember the last one I did when I was in Guildford, unticketed, but it's over like 400 people there, which was crazy. And then now we, we have to like run them officially and we have sponsors and it's, it's really, really cool. And, and it's amazing to get people together. But as I said, that initial, photography kind of friendships that I, I started up were all quite unique and quite different because people were like, oh, I've never shot them else before. And I was like, well, why not? Like, that's stupid. You should definitely have a ground to, to do things. And, and that really progressed. And 100% that came from the hockey environment of, of having the boys, you know, always there, always have your back. Well, and that's, and, and, and hockey is like, literally you show up every day at practice and you all push each other to try and get better. You all hold each other accountable and uh, you all learn how to be better teammates the longer you go in hockey. And it's from learning from each other. And I'm sure it's the same in photography, right? Because yeah, I couldn't yeah, believe exactly. how fast you were learning, man. I was watching these posts. I'm like, how, how does he know how to do that already? He's only been doing it for a few months. <laughs> I remember it all. It's crazy. Yeah. So, so does, does the shed align with your brand? If you share this, would it go to 200,000 followers and all of a sudden Mike will is my big break. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully let's see if we can make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think it's so neat. So where is the cool, like what's the oddest place you've traveled to that you never would have guessed you would have gone to. Oh, that's a good question. I think. Early Th on, thank you. I try my best. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think early on, one of the first places I went to was Hong Kong. Yeah, that'd be different. And I had no, I had no, prior to photography, when it was all hockey, it was all North America. I loved going to Canada. I loved going to America. And I wanted to go to other places in Europe where hockey was big. And it never, ever crossed my mind to head over to that side of the world. Yeah. And then when I did, it was such a different culture. And it right. was like, I was like, I have, I've literally opened up. And I remember thinking this when I landed, I was like, I've opened up an entirely new world that I would never have seen because if I'd have continued just doing one thing yeah, and not branched out into photography, I would never have gone to Hong Kong or, or Japan, which I just came back from recently or, or any of these other amazing places around the world. That potentially well, have, it sounds know, like it's, uh, it's, it's, you're, you're getting to see the world and learn new things. And that's what I loved that hockey did that for me is like, I probably yeah. never would have, 
been to Germany in my life if I wouldn't have gone to play hockey there. And then I could, uh, you know, you end up learning some German and you got like friends over there for life. And uh, it's all through hockey and opportunity. But I guess it's kind of cool. Like I've had a lot of opportunity with this, right? I got jerseys made and shirts and people wearing running amok shirts, which is hilarious. And all this fun stuff has happened because I was passionate about it. And I'll, I, I miss my friends and I want to talk to them. And it's cool <laughs> how like passion can open up opportunities. And it seems like you are running a muck. You are doing epic shit, as you would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. And, and as long as you're having, in, I think the big thing for brands as well, if, you, if you're passionate, which, you know, if, if you love what you're doing, again, you can, you can relate to all of this, then that's what people want to see. That's what people want. That's what brands want. That's what agencies want. That's what other people want. And so they can see it when they're speaking to you, if you have a cool idea and they just go for it. And you can, people can feel the passion when you talk about something like that. And you know what? It's no different in hockey. The guys that played with the most passion no. and enjoyed the game the most and were having fun while they were playing, I think were mm. the ones that fans wanted to see play the most. <laughs> yeah. Right. And the guys that just aren't that into it and aren't that passionate, the product on the ice is pretty much the same. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, we had a, we had a really great team in Cardiff. That that first year was, was something special and everyone was on the same page. And Oh, what a, well, and like, I have that written down at some point and I just wrote what a bunch of dudes, you know, <laughs> like that's <laughs> what it bunches. was. It was just a bunch of absolute weapons, having fun playing hockey. <laughs> <laughs> no, it really was oh gosh and i uh also posted that you really really liked my pregame speeches the next season yeah yeah you were a star in the show there whenever you come in <laughs> and uh, i mean i'm not sure how I, have you told people about this in the past or is this a we've done we, we haven't talked about it in a while but yeah like it's came up but like <laughs> i have a video on my phone of the night in sheffield when thor jumped out yeah. of the shower and you literally you got you jumped stood up and yeah, you almost jumped through the ceiling. You were so excited. And I as I beaten the wheels off of Deese with the hammer, you were like right up, like, yeah, I can do it. Ah man, I love doing that stuff. When I because I I was like, I wonder what's gonna happen, what the reaction's gonna be, because you guys don't know I've came like five hours away. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm naked hiding in the shower store with a cape and a wig on and the hammer. And then when I come out. And you literally jumped out of your chair. You were so excited. It made me feel good that it was all worth it. You know? Mate, <laughs> hey, 100%. Mate, if anyone doesn't know, Wally used to jump, used to come naked to the pregame and then would, would put on a, a show basically for the boys before to get everyone fired up. Is that, I don't know if that's an accurate description or not, but. I would become the character I was, right? And my son was yeah. like two years old or three years old and he had a bunch of superhero masks, a whole bin of them. And that's right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So I, I went through all the superheroes. Deese would spray paint me as with whatever I needed to be, whether it was the Hulk, he'd spray paint me green, the full yeah. canvas folks. And then I would hide in different areas of the arena. And sometimes I even made road games and I went on the fan bus and had pints with the fans and got to know them. And uh, <laughs> realistically, that's probably why, so many people have listened to the shed was that like I was on the fan bus with those people and we became like a hockey family too, you know? Amazing. Yeah. 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 Good speeches people. though. You know, that was, uh, 
where I said that to Deese the one day because he was doing them with me. And I said, Did you, when we were doing that, like, we never really thought of like, people are going to talk about this stuff for a long time. <laughs> we were just trying to help the team win, right? <laughs> Getting the boys fired up. Getting them fired up. And you guys were fired up, weren't you? I mean, they went out and they won, right? That's right. And um, we did win the Challenge Cup together and got the team uh, banned from that hotel. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. We, that was fun. <laughs> fun, fun. Winning's fun, right? <laughs> Winning is fun. Yeah. And yeah, that was a cool... when you get a group of dudes like that together, you're going to win something. Because like that first year, man, I it was in professional hockey. I think that, that was my favorite year of hockey. Like overall. Yeah. Of, yeah, like that was the most fun I had playing hockey. Yeah. yeah, no, it was it was special, and it and it was again it was down to the group of guys that Lord brought in and and Franny right, and look at the look so at different. the careers and everything from that team yeah. that people have had. You got Marty, Richie, yeah. Chef, Hadadio, and um, but then it's like not just what people do in their hockey careers; it's like what people are doing after hockey. And there was a lot of impressive people on that team, yourself included, sir. Epic shit. <laughs> right absolutely running amok's fun right okay how we know each other 2014-15 this is part of the stuff i'm talking about oh I, yeah this, this is, is gonna be a good story so, i've got something for the people as well on this well so I, rem I remember my first ever experience with you oh dear what's this now <laughs> sorry carry on, I'll, I'll, I'll i was in. gonna bring up uh when we went to dundee <laughs> And we beat the Dundee Stars, and we had a fan bus there that were all Dundee drunk. But this was part of me coming out of my shell and not caring what people thought of me. And I was going to start acting like myself because when I played in Denmark, I was just like every other hockey guy. I'd show up and work hard and leave. And like, I wasn't Wally. I wasn't having as much fun as I do mm -hmm. and I like doing. And um, when we went up with the fans and they made you and Bouncy sing uh, Shake sing It Off. on stage. <laughs> and I got up and I was your dancer for Shake It Off. You, yeah, you saved the day because Bouncy and I were really butchering you that. You guys were brutal. <laughs> Somebody had to save you. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't even know who volunteered us for it. We definitely didn't volunteer ourselves. Well, you we got to know your skill there. set, right? I'm not yeah, a singer. I'm a dancer, right? You know yeah. that. <laughs> 100%. Well, then you you came in and absolutely stole the show, so it was much appreciated. <laughs> so what's your story? What how, what do you mean you remember well, I, our I first I came in from encounter. Australia, if you don't remember. I Oh, so I remember, first... because I remember Lordo was losing his mind. <laughs> oh, don't even have a backup goal. He's just over in Australia doing whatever. <laughs> I, we, we were... We were in playoffs, and I remember Franny was messaging me like fifty times a day, being like, "Yeah, so are you are you flying out early? Are you flying out early? Are you flying out early?" And it was like I was at the time I had no money. I was earning absolutely you know trying money. It was fun. I had no money. Yeah, just move your flight forward to the date to the first date you can get back. And it was like I don't know, let's say two thousand pounds to change or a thousand pound, whatever it was. And I was like, "Yeah, okay, I'll do that if you guys are willing to pay for it." And they were like. No, 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 no. You've got to pay for it and then get back. And I was like, well, you knew this when like, when you signed me. Yeah, and the team's so eventually... not going to pay for your flight back until you're, <laughs> you're done the job. Yeah, so exactly. So, so the Australian team wasn't willing to move forward because they were like, you have to stay. Yeah, and they, you played and all Cardiff... season and now you're in the playoffs. So we're going to pay for your flight when you're good and done. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you can just leave now. That'd be great. Anyways, so then we got to the end of it. We then I then flew, obviously. And I, I remember I landed. 
and drove straight to Cardiff, which is probably a three and a half hour, four hour drive, and then backed up a game that are night. You, are you talking about for, um, Gatwick? That was at home. Yeah. That's a brutal drive, man. We just did that. Oh. Thank you to my shed sponsor, Neil Parker, for picking the fellas up <laughs> for, from the airport for the testimonial in stars and cars, right? Shed boost. That's a great that, plug. It there was, right? See that? Jumped right into it. <laughs> Smooth. So I landed and uh, I remember I sit down in my stool and the boys are like, oh, you know, nice to meet you, nice to meet you. And so I get ready for two touch, which is the ultimate time of pre-game like absolutely love it and i go outside i'm trying to figure out who everyone is and i step into the circle oh. and i step next to this this small guy next to me this, this short guy fat guy and you're I like well, this guy's Wally. not gonna be able to touch and then and you then... probably saw some skills that you're like what is this <laughs> well i didn't even get to see it so what i did i step into the circle new game everyone's fired up yeah. ball gets hit to wally wally takes one touch in his knee turns to me and just flies it directly at me. so i'm out or even i even start I'm like, who is this asshole? And how, why is he picking on me? And then I realized. Because you were late short. to the season. <laughs> yeah. And that was my first ever experience of Wally. And then, and then, the you, real, then you realized we were competing and it's not just a game. And, and then I, yeah. And then I realized that actually it wasn't personal. I bet I you okay. you probably missed my back strikes too, right? Where I pretend I'm yeah. going to head it and then turn and, and let it drop yeah. off my back. I get guys with that all the time. You know, yeah. So that was my first. That was my first memory of you. Well, when you're done hockey, the things that you miss—it's kind of strange to think of. But two touches, one of those yeah. things, right? <laughs> oh, How yeah. many times Mate. are we gonna get the boys together for a game of two touch anymore? Right? Yeah, I know. I know. I miss that a lot. Uh, I haven't played since I retired. Well, and then like, there's the nerds that don't play two touch, like, and they like just exercise before the game, and it's like yeah. that is no fun. Why don't you have some fun and enjoy being a pro? You know? Yeah. <laughs> 100 percent. just thinking out loud but uh so else how we know each other this is one of my encounters i remember and um, everybody remembers different stuff but when you're a dad and you're you're new to the dad game and your teammates take the time to get to know your kids and stuff um you appreciate that and i remember hitting the depot with you and playing ping pong with colby and he was like standing on the table he was so we little did. And uh, that's the food truck place, man. That place was awesome. Yeah, that was opposite where Hendo lived, wasn't it? Yeah, right across the road. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. yeah. I, th- I think I saw a sign that's still around, but still there. you could go there, have a couple beers and some eat exotic food from cool trucks that are serving incredible yeah. food, right? That was a great spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't go there enough. I didn't go there enough anyways, so- you yeah. posted, but it was I, it was pretty new, but I found out about it from the Met where I went to school because it was a guy that went to oh, that yeah. school that started it. Oh no way! Yeah, yeah, it was like I his marketing plan, and then he like did it the next year. Our teacher was telling us about it, and I was like, "Huh, no way!" And that's my fa- that's my honey hole. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. So yeah, I actually have it written down. Australia to Cardiff, Lordo losing it. <laughs> <laughs> well, research team was yeah. hot. I just remember that because um I don't know how late you were, like a couple of weeks, right? Preseason. I, I missed preseason and I came for the last maybe the last preseason game weekend of the season. But it wasn't late. I didn't miss any maybe right. it was the first game of the season. No, right. maybe it was yeah. the first game. <laughs> I just thought it was so funny because <laughs> for I a while I there, I don't know if you yeah. remember Booger, um, Callum Booglass. I called him Booger. I thought he was the backup goalie at first. Because <laughs> he, 
Because he sat in my stool, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, and then I didn't did realize that. he was a defenseman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that was funny stuff. So when you got 240,000 followers, um, like how many messages and stuff for people are you getting? <laughs> yeah, it's pretty overwhelming sometimes. Um, right. I was actually just off. I was off, off story. Like I post, I try and post it at least five times a week, four or five times a week, minimum four on Instagram. And like then I also have my like of new pictures that you've taken. Yeah, I have new pictures, new content, new reels. And then, and then, I don't know, 20 stories a week. I took off stories when I was in Spain because the job was quite challenging and I just needed to like sort stuff out. And then I didn't check DMs and I just checked them on the weekend because I said I was going to reply to people. And yeah, there's, there's hundreds in there. But it's generally people asking what camera to buy, what lens I use for this certain shot where to you know how to become a pro and how to make moves in the industry so it's all quite you know nice stuff but it, it's very right. time consuming you know you, you reply to 10 of those and suddenly you've lost half an hour of your life and that is your free time is like that's you you have to decide to look at those messages and respond yeah. where yeah there's lots of famous folks out there that like they don't respond because they literally don't have the time like think about how many people are right yeah no 100 percent. yeah no it's a lot but it's, it's also cool that like, I try and, you know, people are incredibly supportive. So I try and give back and support and reply whenever I can. But it's getting more and more challenging. And then oh, now I'm trying to split myself across TikTok, Instagram and YouTube. So it's like finding the balance of that. And then I also run like another 10 accounts. So it's like really? trying to spread yourself across those is like, yeah, well, all the shooters accounts. So I have no account. idea what I'm doing with my stuff. I just see funny photos and snap them and just write shed guys. And like, I don't, yeah, I don't tag people enough. I don't do enough stuff, but like, I also know I only have so much time today. Like I got a real job, like we discussed Yeah, and I don't have time to get right into it. I don't even, I've never even been on TikTok. I don't really bother with Twitter that much because like, yeah, Twitter's another one. God. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I'm just going to stick with doing the stuff I think is fun and funny on Instagram and carry on. Well, that's again, that's the most important thing because if you're enjoying and having fun then you're going to have more success than if you don't like it and you're doing something on TikTok because you don't like it or you're on Twitter because you think yeah. it's bad. I try to so not be on that. my phone that much, but like it is so easy that I ask you for your 10 photos, which we're going to get into now um and which cool. it's like the epic uh most it's epic shit it's the, one of the most epic posters i've seen those photos you sent me but i guess you should have good photos right yeah I, I, there's no excuse if i send you some, <laughs> some dusty old ones so i had to i had to have a quick look through the uh for the archive and ping them over oh uh, no so well let's get into that then okay cool. um okay poster picks you played for Team Great Britain. You know, I'm pretty much on the team now. I got swag. I got golf shirts, team issued pants. <laughs> okay. Um, wow. I'm a huge Team Great Britain fan. I think it's probably the best culture of a hockey team I've ever seen in my life. I never got to play for them, but when I see what they have and you can just feel it, the way they talk about it, the way they talk about their experiences of playing there, they are so excited to play with each other. They're so excited to get to that Team GB time of year it's a special team isn't it when did you play for them Absolutely. was that when we were in cardiff no i played previously the year that i was in glasgow okay and then i, I actually did so i played the years in glasgow and then this yeah then our first end of the first year in mm -hmm. in cardiff yes so yes. it was the transition year and then the first year there um but yeah i think it's that that time you know the season is so long and 
there's only what four, five, six Brits. So it's that dynamic is completely different to then suddenly having a full team of British guys who you don't get to play with very often. You don't get to see very often. Um, and you're so it's usually quite nice. enemies, yeah, and, and like, you're usually enemies, exactly. Like, because never you're never going to be able to be on on a team with the the best ten, twenty British players because they're always split across different teams, right? So you're never going to play with you're Saudi from Sheffield and, along yeah. with, and it's like, like it's it a hell of a squad they have now. Like, Richie what a core and, yeah. of people, right? Yeah, exactly. And those guys have all grown into it, and those guys have all have built that culture, uh, and that stuff with leaders in there, and you know, people like Richie and. Um, yeah, Dowdy and those so boys. That, that would really have been like, a pretty big day when you made Team Great Britain, eh? Yeah, yeah, it was amazing. So it was the year that actually Bouncy broke through. So I was I was rooming with Brown Bouncy. I was um, this before we played together, um, and we were just friends. Yeah. And then he was there. I remember we went to training camp, and he was a couple of days late. So I was, he was no, the other goalie was late. So just me and Bouncy. So we got to we got on really really well. And then we, I made it through camp, and then we obviously went to the championships. And it was the year that then Bouncy was second goal, and Murph was the first. And then um, Murph had an injury, and then Bouncy stepped in, and absolutely like was unbelievable. Yeah, uh, won all the games, and then that put us in. Just we didn't win anything, but it put us in like a position of oh, okay, we got this young guy coming through. Um, he's well, and then he got so, to be a starter on you know. And then he was a starter the following year, exactly. So like. Yeah, it was it was amazing to be. He there. was, was a starter in Hull, though, right? In the he was, NHL, he was and then he came to Cardiff. Yeah, but exactly, like he's yeah. still doing it, right? Like he was just named one of the yeah. top players in the tournament. They just won yeah. gold again, eh? What a yeah. what a guy! Yeah, I was watching all of it, then keeping on with the uh, with the scores. Yeah, it's definitely a special culture, as you say, and I think also because like Brits in the league often get treated without the same amount of respect that imports get treated. So there's yeah. almost that like go fuck yourself out of cheap where it's like okay we're now together we're all together and then they, go they, and they have something to prove and they are yeah. out there to prove to everybody that they can play and it's not just the imports and you see a guy like Matthew yeah. Myers right that um every year exactly a, a team has him on the third fourth line and every year he outplays the yeah. imports and ends up on the power play stand in front yeah. of that and then he goes through it again the next year and then the next year and it's like yeah. Haven't you guys figured like out who when, stands when, should be on yeah. the power play every time? <laughs> yeah. Just bring him in for that role. You know what he's going to do. You, uh, he's done it he's for gonna so many years. He's going to win big face-offs. And like for he's going to win championships. Yeah. And like for he's me, it was the guy it. I yeah. needed when I was in Cardiff. He was like, I had a tough start that season. And it wasn't until they put me with him, which was literally exactly what I needed. A guy that would give it out wide to me early on. He didn't want the puck in the neutral zone. He wanted me to have it. And then he yeah. would just go to the net and I'd be like, perfect. You take them all to the net and then no, I can, no one does through, that. You know, nobody plays like him anymore. <laughs> no, no, I know. Yeah. Again, again, that culture. And, and, you know, he's been, he's been unbelievable on that team as well. And yes. So it, quite it's, the squad. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And you got to play for it's a lot of fun. Okay. I but... did. I, I was very honored. So yeah, it was, that was definitely a, a, a highlight of, of my career and I've got my jerseys, um, off of my wall at my my mom's house and kinda yeah, like, it's really cool. Kind of like in the shed. I still got a few, but you know, <laughs> I got. <that. laughs> um, but so next poster pick. I don't even okay. know what I'm looking at here. Okay, so I'm on. I'm on it's it now. Like a waterfall. You're someone standing there with like a light, and it's like I don't oh know, yeah, okay, what that's is my that? girlfriend. Like, yeah. Is that the northern? That's in lights? Iceland. Iceland. That is northern lights in Iceland. Really? That's your girlfriend. Yeah. 
Uh, yeah. And I just you met know, your gal. You, you did in Cardiff. Yeah, we were, that was our first ever ice hockey game. So yeah, uh, real, that was her first hockey game. She got to see your multi talent yeah, yeah, yeah. today. <laughs> you still had it too. I eh? know. I know. Oh, I flung out a glove save, and then uh, I was happy with that. So yeah, yeah, you played. Well. Yeah, I, I hadn't been. I haven't been on the ice in three years. It was the last practice we had was twelfth of March, twenty twenty. Oh, is that when you 2019. were done? Wait, then? whenever, when was COVID? Yeah, that was it. Whenever COVID was. That's that when was you were my done. Last practice. Yeah. And, and I, I've since. only been coaching the kids. I just uh, like, yeah, I don't get wheeling around very much. I just tell people how to wheel around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? fair. Yeah. Uh, but I, I um, tried hard that night, you know? <laughs> yeah. The boys no, are telling us, most... but that picture has got to be yeah, one but of the that coolest was also pictures cool. I've ever seen. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, but yeah, no, it was, it was, yeah, Iceland, amazing place. If you, if anyone listening thinks wants to go somewhere extremely special, I'd recommend Iceland. So is that, that opportunity of that looking like that, it like, so does that off- happen all the time? Or did you know no, that there's a certain time. time of so year certain that- times of year? Yeah. So I actually, I'll be honest. I, those Northern lights, I took the week before I was in Norway, mm-hmm. two weeks before I was in Norway. And I took some incredible shots, very similar of the Northern Lights, because I knew that the, I took three planes to get up to this incredibly northern spot where a friend was. And we shot the Northern Lights. It was unbelievable. And then I flew back and then I went to Norway. Sorry, then I went to Iceland the following week. And we were supposed to get more Northern Lights, but it actually we didn't. We had a storm. So I photoshopped that in, but just because it was awesome. But you can see, for instance, that that waterfall is. Did you is, just say you photoshopped epic. that in? Yeah. So you put that picture together with multiple pictures. Yeah. So I took the pictures, one in Norway and one in Iceland, and I just sandwiched them together. And then, holy moly, you got to yeah. be creative to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, that is shot. That kind of shot is possible, but you just need to have incredible conditions. And we were there for four days and we said, we it had looks storm, like so. it's one picture and like that. It's yeah. merged no, it together that's, so that's well. It, yeah. That's, that's the idea. That's um, the talent. But yeah, no. <laughs> but we're going to go back this year. Um, and we're going to hopefully get the proper shot. But yeah, that was an amazing trip. So what do you got? You're in London area. You got like an apartment I am. you're living in. And then you keep that as you move around and are in just different hotels, probably get wined and dined by all these different big <laughs> companies. Eh? Yeah. Yeah. There's it. So my, my movements after hockey, I was in Guildford. I then stayed in Guildford for a year and a half because the team were very supportive and they gave me a house there. Okay. Uh, and then I moved to London, central London I, during like this, just before the second kind of lockdown phase has happened in the UK and I moved into a hotel. So I lived in it for a full year in a, a hotel, which had, um, had like mini had like kitchens, like a mini studio basically. Uh, yeah. but it was a hotel. So it was pretty sick. And I did but that. But I had could like you, three could you cook? Was there a yeah, place I mean, to cook in there? Yeah, there was a place to cook. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, proper. Uh, so when proper you speak studio. of living in a hotel, it brings back bad memories for me was when I went to the AHL in Syracuse, they like <laughs> put me in the hotel the whole time and you'd be there for weeks at a time. And oh, it was like, nah. you couldn't cook. You had to eat out every meal. And it's yeah, like, no, this, this is, is brutal. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a kitchen and with everything, fridge, freezer, um, yeah, cooking oven, microwave, whatever. So I had a kitchen on the one i then have area bed and then had the bathroom and then had like a, a big closet so it was it was the perfect thing and then i also looked out onto the the panoramic view of london 
So I, I had the suite but, on the top and, floor. And now you found your own place at... Uh... And now I found my place. But I was so I basically was just living on the road for a full for that year on the on the hotel. Then I did living on, on fully on the road. So I did digital nomad for a full year. And now I have a place uh, with two other housemates who so, are both in the same industry. Who, so who when you're living on the road for a year, okay, who's financing yeah. all this hotels and comping the stays? Like, did you have to put up a bunch of money to get going in this world? Uh so it depends. So for instance, uh it depends on the job. So like usually the job will be, let's say I was in San Francisco working for the tourism board and they'll have like a, an eight day trip planned. And I'll say, okay, great. I want to have um, extend my flights and I want to have four days before and four days after to make it into a two and a bit, three week trip or whatever. And they'll go, yeah, no worries. And then I have to pay for myself before and then pay for myself after. But that middle chunk is obviously still paid for. Yeah. Um, but then I get to travel for longer. I get to shoot extra content. I get to see friends. So I would do that for most trips that were. You're 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 finding the balance to still live life and have free time and enjoy yeah. it, make it fun. Yeah, yeah. And then others, and I also still had a good relationship with a hotel in London. So I would then come back and I'd stay at the hotel whenever I was in London, and then I'd fly back out again. Um, <laughs> do you so, still yeah, get jet was, lagged with all the traveling you're doing? Nuts. Is jet nah, lag still a thing? No, uh, no. I mean, I kind of. I think the key is just to just, just instantly jump into it and sleep. And I always schedule a day after and a day day after flights to like just work from home, yeah. not do anything. And then I can just sleep if I need to. I sleep for 12, 15 hours, sometimes after like a full 24 hours of not being asleep. And then I seem to just jump straight back into the, you, uh, into yeah. the routine. Yeah, you got to. And you, it's fun to live an interesting life, right? You're living an interesting <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. But the new place is great. And I've I've been here since January, but I only spent like six weeks here. So now I'm I'm happy to be back. I've just bought a load of stuff from IKEA, so I'm I'm ready to IKEA. I feel like I'm now in I feel yeah, I feel like I'm now in my own place. Uh so next poster pick. One you're in a Guilford okay. Flames jersey with another goalie. Who's that guy? Yes. That guy is Peter Czech. Do you know who that is? Peter Czech, like the soccer player, the football yeah. player. The the football player, yeah. That's him. The uh, yeah, that's him. That's the that's the uh, the superstar, one of the best football goalkeepers of all time. Um, Didn't I saw a, something about this. He went and played a hockey game for someone, right? So yeah, he's done quite a lot. So basically, oh, I'll tell you a bit of, a bit of a backstory here. So he used to train with us when he was playing at Chelsea, which is like his like he was winning. I can't. I think he was like half. I don't know what he was on money wise, but whatever it was, stupid money. Like one of the biggest in. stars in the world. <laughs> yeah, one of the biggest football stars in the world. And it was kind of like he was doing it very occasionally and it was like just he was, he was absolutely loving it. And then he signed for Arsenal and moved to Arsenal, obviously another incredibly big football team in London. And he had it, I'm pretty sure I had it in his contract that he was allowed to then train with us. So we would come in and train with us once or twice a week <laughs> around his football schedule and he absolutely <laughs> loved it. And then we became friends. It was funny because he came into the room and all we do is talking. And of course, all the boys just want to talk football to him about what's going on in the Premier League. And all he wants to do is talk hockey with you. And he's the opposite. And he's talking about NHL highlights and he's bringing up on his phone. And um, (laughs) still to this day, the skates that I use were bought by him because Bauer brought out these new skates. And he was like, Willsie, I'm getting a pair. Do you want some? And I didn't have skates in my contract in Guildford and, and they didn't buy me them. So I was like, I mean, yeah sure and he was like brilliant yeah. i'm ordering them i'm ordering them now and literally in the locker room and he ordered them and he's like they're going to be with us 
in in a week and then he brought them into practice the next week and he was so happy and he had a pair for himself and had a pair for me sounds um, like a beauty <laughs> oh he was he was unbelievable and he took us to the to the games he had a box at arsenal he used to he used to give us it and um yeah great guy and incredible like one of the best athletes of all time all the best footballers sorry of all time premier league goalkeeper and just one of the most humble guys you'll ever meet and you wouldn't know you would never know so well it's so you know what that brings up for me and my my weird brain was going to batchy's testimonial and hanging out with all those shed guys that like you know we play in the eihl nobody's making a lot of money we're grinding it out and we love hockey but like for me with two kids and everything we're into like I'm not going over there with a big budget to spend a lot of money. And how many people bought me drinks and how many of those guys were buying rounds after rounds for each other and for the boys. It was, I was so appreciative because they were just doing it because like we all love each other and like we're, and it was, it was awesome for me to go over there and realistically hardly have to spend much money with everything we got going on because all of these fantastic folks, you know? Yeah. 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 No, it was, it was, it was a good one. And as you say, like that's because everyone was a good, good group of guys. You're right. Okay. So I think this next one's probably Hong Kong now that I think about it, but the one where you're like taking a picture and pointing at like a, it looks like a building's like, Oh, that's actually, no. So that's, that's a, that's like a selfie. So that I put that on there just because it's got quite a cool story. So that was I love selfies I was... too, dude. I've I've been taking <laughs> Chet guys selfies all the time. <laughs> um, Nothing well, like a good really, selfie. I mean, I, I don't take enough of them. But this was actually in South Africa in January, and I was um, working out there for Samsung doing a campaign, and it was potentially the first ever selfie taken on the Samsung S23 Ultra, which is their flagship phone. So I had the phone a couple of months before and I had, a, I was up on this viewpoint taking photos for Samsung and I had a security guard following me around. Like he was like an actual proper, like operatives guy who was just like sunglasses cap and just would follow me and just like stand there. And then I'd move and he'd just follow me and just stand there. And this is in it was a crazy experience. This is in South Africa for Samsung, yeah. So in Cape Town. And this and, guy was uh, like protecting you from what? And this guy was protecting, well, because the phones, because they're, they're unreleased. They're two, two months. Oh, so no, so you couldn't release it to anybody or show anybody. So I couldn't release up. it, couldn't release it, couldn't show anyone. And if anyone was getting too close, he was making sure no one was taking a photo of me with it. Like, it was a proper, really, um, yeah, incredible thing. You're and into some cool shit, thing, man. So, <laughs> yeah, so I was taking photos, obviously taking actual photos for the release of it. But then I was like, fuck this, I'm taking a selfie. So I took a selfie at the top. Um, and so I was like, this you is have potentially the, the, the first, first ever selfie. With that phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because um, they were completely clean when they gave them to me and no one had seen them and no one had done anything with them. Um, and yeah, so I was like, okay, I'll take this. That cool, is so. cool. <laughs> so South Africa is probably cool. So because I got issues with food, um, where's the neatest or weirdest or best food? You know, like what what oh. sticks out in all your travels that you're like, I ate this once and it was wild. Like, I bet you when you went to Australia, you ate a kangaroo, you sick. I did. Enough. You said that in the intro. I was like, I actually did have a kangaroo burger. See, because um, everybody that went play in Australia <laughs> tell me they ate kangaroos, and I just can't picture that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I don't know whether for for better or for worse. Uh, <laughs> so the meat, the food in South Africa was incredible and very good value. The food in Bali is incredible and very good value as long as you stay away from Bali Belly, which is horrible if you get sick. It's 
Um, but the most interesting place I've been to in Japan, and I'll tell you the story. So there's a picture above me with a selfie, which is in Japan, actually. You can see the neon lights and the like, yeah, kind of like blurred ha- people I with umbrellas. Where, yeah, like you can see the the, the so, words and everything. Are in... Yeah, yeah. So that was in Japan, but that wasn't the fish restaurant. But anyways, I'm there with 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 my girlfriend, Simone, and with uh, one of my, my best friends and business partner, Luke, and my one of my housemates, Andrea. So we're out in Fuji. We're having a great time. We've had a really long shoot. And everywhere closes quite early um, for food, especially out of the city. So we're, we've taken these amazing photos of Mount Fuji and we, we're looking on Google and we find this fish restaurant. We're like, okay, good reviews. We managed to get a table. They're like, someone didn't show up so you guys can come in. Didn't speak very good English. And we go in and we're like, what would you recommend? And we see on the way in lot, lots of fish. They're all alive in this tank. And we're in like, an okay, aquarium. Well, I'm assuming they're yeah. just going to, yeah, in an aquarium. We're like, okay, well, this is going to be interesting. So we go in and we, and we, and we sit down and we're like, what would you recommend? And they go, well, this, this, and this. And we go, yeah, sure. We'll, we'll, we'll share it all. And then we'll have a few, you know, what is a few rice dishes and some other things. So they bring what we think is going to be just like sashimi. So the fish will just be, you know, fresh sushi, basically. Um, yeah. And we realized, and we realized after a few minutes that the, the fish is, is still alive, but <laughs> it's, it's been, honestly, it was just one of the craziest moments of, of my life. So what they do, and it's a it's a big tradition in Japan, is they is that the fish is there, and I, I feel terrible talking about it, but they basically then just cut cut it and put the sashimi, so the slices of of so it's like super fresh, but they don't they don't kill it or take the gut out, so it's still there, and you're basically then just eating off the live fish. You're eating the it's still the, alive the, the while you're eating it, and so it's flipping around. And we were like all Shut freaking out. Up. We're like, oh my god, we can't. Like, we no, honestly, I've got a video. And we're like, we can't. Like, we can't. We can't do this. This is this is wrong. This is morally wrong. Like, we can't just. <laughs> and then, but then we're like, we can't leave it because then that fish has just died without. We have, and it's like flipping around on the on the plate, and like we're like, what what do we do? Like, what do we do? What do we... So we were made a pact, and we all ate a piece each, and then that was uh, so then, and that was it. But like, that was the crazy. So never... you, so how do you like? So the are fish you the are plate. you uh, it's on a plate in the middle of a table yeah. in the table middle of the and table, it's flipping plate, around and it's, and it's flipping around and they've cut it and they've they've given it like the the, the fresh cut where you then would have the the nice sashimi and it's supposedly the freshest fish that you can possibly eat well it's alive it's still How fucking you... alive yeah, <laughs> so like so you're, was... you're scooping it out with like a spoon or like what it's... you have chopsticks because they've chopped it and they just leave it on top of the on top of it, and you just you. So then you grab it, it with it your chopsticks. Yeah, you grab your chopsticks, and then so and then that what, poor little fucking. So where my is, brain's is going around. with this is, um, I really respect that when in Rome, do as the Romans yeah. do. Is like when yeah. you go there and you say, "What do you recommend? Let's do it." It's like I still do that. I'll go to restaurants and be yeah. like, "What do you suggest?" <laughs> like, yeah, it's, not you guys know you, <laughs> right? But like you're not going to have that life experience if you're, you're just oh, getting the normal no. stuff. Right. Yeah. No, literally. Yeah. So yeah, that was a crazy experience that, um, yeah, I won't be doing that again, but right. Uh, yeah. We, <laughs> See another wrong. good question. That's the wildest. <laughs> that's something. <laughs> I'll send you a video of this afterwards. And oh, yeah, you can see that poor little fucker flying around there. So then the next uh, poster pick, you're standing like leaning against a very fancy looking car with your camera. What's that one? Yeah, down the bottom. 
That is uh, me and a very nice Bentley. That was given to me for my birthday, actually, um, a couple of sorry, years ago. What, sorry, what's that? You have, a ba- you have a Bentley? Nah, they sent it to me for a week for my birthday, to say happy birthday, which is very nice. Bentley um, did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, I have a good relationship with them, and they've been super supportive. I've done a lot of, of, of jobs for them, and that year, I was working a lot. And How um, famous are you? <laughs> I mean, not not at all. You can see it all on Instagram. Um, but yeah, they were they were just like, oh, you know, I'd done a lot and I hadn't really had time to enjoy a car. And they were, he was like, oh, when's your birthday? And I was like, oh, August twenty third. And he was like, oh, cool. Let's, and, then, oh, and that's just the uh, that's what I I would think why a company has success is they take care of people that are taking care of them, right? And and yeah. that like that they're gonna do that for you. You're not gonna forget that, right? And then it's gonna be on no, your poster, hundred percent. And then, yeah, exactly. Right? There we go. Now we're talking about it now. And right? I talk about them all the time and, and they're always, you know, they're another always the, free ad folks. The, yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, and they're stuff. always a brand that, that, that have yeah, been there. So yeah, they were, they were awesome. And it's and the same as how people get treated in hockey is the teams that win are the teams that treat people the best. And yeah. it's like in Cardiff, when I hurt my knee and I didn't really, like, I wasn't ready to join the real world. And I had, signed up to try and help the Cardiff Devils win that year. And when you think they're going to need to bring in a new player, which they did, they had to pay for a whole nother apartment instead of telling me to get out of there and make room. Yeah. And when people take care of people, it's like, well, now I'm still talking about how well they treated me. Right. Yeah, exactly. And who knows how that ripple effect's gone down the chain with guys listening to yours or hearing of you and hearing the great stories that you told and yeah. then going, you know what? Yeah. I'd love to give Cardiff a try. And right. And and it, it rolls down from there. So, yeah, I, fair play, I, mate. I agree. So, what's the poster pick you're on a beach with palm trees? Where's that one? I am on a, I'm on a beach in, that was in Spain. Not this trip, but a previous trip I did. Uh, I don't know. I just thought that was fun. Mm-hmm. I had a good, that was just, that Look, was looked like you had a good, relaxing life, day. Really. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably one of the four yeah, days before was... or four days after, right? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that was one of the best. That was with my housemate. He, Blew me out as his plus one, but we were doing a campaign for Kia, another car brand, and uh, that was pretty mad. We just basically drove around, and then they would be like, "Right, leave the car here," and then you go to this bar, and then there was this other event, and you get shuffled everywhere. And yeah, it was cool. Anyway, well, if you was... meet any hockey people along your journey that are in these big companies and they're looking to sponsor a hockey podcast, yeah. you just <laughs> let them know about the shed, okay? Because I'm not going to reach out to that. <laughs> right (laughs) so the next one's a sweet photo and i've been there and that's what i love talking around in my shed is it makes the world not feel so big but i went to the eiffel tower with uh my wife and back in the day and uh the eiffel tower hey that's a good looking photo too yeah yeah that's that's an epic place um my girlfriend and i went at the beginning of in january and just to go shoot obviously it's super close from london you jumped on we jumped on the uh you're on the Eurotunnel and the just went straight train. through on the Eurostar. The fast fast, train, yeah, on the they Eurostar. go fast, don't they? Yeah, yeah, oh, it was epic. Moment. We were there within, I don't know how long it was, but it was super quick. They're crazy. And easy. And I, we did yeah, that, we had, we had we did awesome that from Germany to... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Germany to Paris, and literally, it felt like you were just floating, and I. it says how fast you're going, and like you could see we were going like some ridiculous speed, and we were there in no time. <laughs> Those things, are yeah, weird. yeah, it's, it's epic. And Paris is a cool city. I really like going out there. Um, and yeah, it was just a, it was just a cool shot from from this year. 
Okay. And then what's the one where you're hanging out of a window? Another cool, like selfie looking type. <laughs> where I'm um, that that's in Chicago with the phone. Yeah. You're hanging yeah, yeah, out. Yeah. That's Chicago. That's Chicago. Yeah. 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 So there's a spot there, which basically has this cool reflective mirror and you can see on the bottom left and for the reflection bottom left and right, there's the Chicago train there. Um, and that was just shot. I was doing for the time I was working for Sony Xperia. So, uh, I was just trying to get some cool shots of me with the phone really. And, and, uh, yeah, that was just one of my, one of my travels. I spent like last year, I spent, I think it was like four months in the U S four and a half months. So um, I was, I was traveling okay. around a lot. Next poster pick. You're looking yeah. at like a something. It looks like a gigantic nipple <laughs> by the water. <laughs> what is that? Where, a where gigantic is Gigantic nipple. You see that? It's a nipple. It looks like a nipple. You're like pointing at a city that looks like a nipple. Oh, you, that's the shot. Do you mean? <laughs> it looks one? like a nipple. If you look at a nipple, that's it right there. Oh. Okay. Yes, that's, that's it. Yes, that's Samsung. it. Yeah, that's, that's the that's the Samsung shot where I was shooting. Oh, is it? That's when you Sorry, I thought you were talking about a different one. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's yeah, that one. That's that one. So where was that? Yeah. South Africa. That was South Africa, Cape Town, and that Cape is Cape Town looks like a giant nipple. So that's from one of the nipples onto another nipple. Looking at there's two of them. There. <laughs> there's two nipples. <laughs> well, I'm on top of one nipple, and that must be the second nipple. So. <laughs> uh good photo. Great stuff. I think it's really cool. The places you've seen um so let's yeah. talk a bit of hockey cool then? what is that the selfie you were talking that's about the one i was talking about that's a, selfies are great oh, folks get into the fun selfies that's fun. are great so that was that was edc that was the, um the largest music dance music festival in the u.s so i was and shooting I've seen you shoot stuff festival. for like bands and stuff and music yeah festivals. djs yeah, yeah 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 again that's a lot of fun being in front of i mean that's well, and that's like passion people. too right because i remember yeah. you were into that weird music that i don't like yeah i was into <laughs> yeah i was massively into dance music and everyone in the room would kind of turn it off and then we put your country back on and that's i'd be right. that's right incredibly devastated by that <laughs> everybody's different folks right takes everybody away yeah 100 <laughs> uh but then you get to do your passion and what you'd love and do it at places where you're oh, having your time that's living eh Oh, hundred percent. That's that's my one of my favorite things. It's exhausting because the the it's just you're on the go and DJs and and bands and like when you hear about oh it's easy it's a bit like someone saying oh, oh you know it's been easy being a sportsman because you're just playing sport. That's all you have to worry about. It's incredibly taxing. You know that anyone that's played at a high level knows that. But how it is, and it's the same with in the music industry. Those guys are oh they got to stay I'll up and party every. Like, oh, they got to stay up every, and be the star of the show and have every, that energy level and be ready to rock with the travel from place to place, it would yeah. be exhausting. And they'll do the same thing two, three times in a night sometimes. And you've got to pretend, or you've got to be there as though it's the first time you've ever done this. And you've got to hide that crowd up. You've got to, yeah. you know, do this, that. So, and you know, it, so it's a lot. It's it's a lot. And I completely, I respect the hell out of those guys that, that do it every, every you, night. You would have been at some epic out. parties. Yeah, there's been some good ones. <laughs> <laughs> so growing up in lose. England. Lewis, yeah. Lewis, that's how you say it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then why is it an E, not an I? <laughs> I know. I, know. <laughs> I would have called it Lewis if it was spelt like that. Anyways, okay. Yeah. Um, so how'd you get into hockey? Good question. I was playing street hockey. Um, I was just doing it for fun, rollerblading. Love roller skating. Got given a, a hockey stick, one of those bow ones, plastic ends. You could take on and off a piece of wood basically and then yeah progressed from there pretty pretty quickly i learned that i really liked it 
I was okay at it. And then I decided that we went on a family holiday when I was 15 to Toronto. And that was my first ever time on a plane. And we went and watched the St. Mike's Majors. And I was like, this is the amazing OHL team for anyone that doesn't know. And I was like, this is amazing. Um, and I saw the goalie. And the goalie at the time was was Andy Chiodo, who, yeah. then, who played a couple of games for the Pittsburgh Penguins. And the backup was Justin Peters. Um, and funny enough, five or six years later, I then was in the same locker room with those two guys telling the story that I then, I was working with them at a the hockey camp. And I was like, oh, by the way, like, funny story, full 360 here. I went and watched you guys play OHL first ever hockey game and i saw you being a goalie and i was like i want to be a goalie and then i became a goalie wow uh, that that's a small world and like you it's when you you don't realize it while you're playing and those two guys wouldn't have known known about what impact they were having on kids when they're playing in the ohl but like you can have an impact and when you start realizing the impact you can have on kids it's pretty wild right and it's like for these hockey when these hockey players that are still playing like like they should realize what they can do for a kid and take that time and do something oh, cool, right? Hundred percent, hundred percent, and like, yeah, the ripple effect, as as you say, is just it's, you know, it's incredible. And that moment was like, okay, I want to be a goalie, and then came back to the UK and I was pressuring my parents to get the gear, and and so eventually, then I started being a goalie for roller hockey, but wanted to play ice, and that was when I then made the transition to ice hockey. And you were um, how old? Yeah, fifteen. 15 when you started being a goalie yeah yeah yeah. oh that's old yeah <laughs> yeah right and it's like people around here think like their kids need to be played triple a when they're eight nine years old and they have to no. do all this development and all the skating it's like you know what the people that are going to be good are probably going to be good and um <laughs> you know everybody's going to fill out at different age groups and everybody should just have fun playing hockey <laughs> There you go. That's the, that is the thing. And I can imagine parents get very caught up in it. And especially, you know, I think it also is also like how much money you have to pay to do it. It's like you want you, they people pour in a lot of money to mm, give mm-hmm. these kids this opportunity. And if they don't yeah. get the ice time, if they don't get this, they don't get that, then they get in a bit of a huff and puff. But like, I get that side of it too. But it's like, yeah, just enjoy it. Like, you spent all this money. If this is your entertainment, Sit back and enjoy your kids playing, right? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, some of those things. Again, you're you're a dad, so you know, and you obviously you coach. So, uh, so when you're 15, you start being goalie, and then you're playing you're playing somewhat like the pro hockey for the Slough Jets within two years. <laughs> yeah, so I was backing Shut up there, up. and I was playing a few games. And well, there there wasn't much of a there wasn't much of like a feeder system. It was like it was like there was like under. What was I? 15? So it was under eight, under 19s. I think they made the age group. So I just missed the under 16s age group by the time I started playing. And then I was like, well, I need to get, and then I started playing with the adults. And then I, from that adult team, I then got bumped up to the, to the professional team, which was like, in the, they weren't in the elite league. It was like in the, whatever, I can't remember what it was called, EPL or E something L. And so I was in that league and I played a few games and I was playing for the, the men's team below, which was like the, the league two leagues below that um so i was playing with adults and men at an early age and that was like the i guess that also helped with my development because the under 19s league was terrible right like it was awful and i was like i don't want to play and and the experience you have in hockey like it can be so different it's like colby's now playing some baseball and we just went and beat a team like 19 to 2 and you could see 
how much fun our kids were having and how little fun they were having. And it was like losing that bad is no fun for anybody. <laughs> yeah. And it's like yeah, having yeah. leagues where teams don't like, if you're on a team that's not competitive, it's not fun. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Yeah. No. So anyway, so that, yeah, so that's where it started. And then from there, exponentially grew. And then I re- I then just wanted to get to Canada and luckily had my parents were supportive. And then I moved to Canada and played. Yeah. So how, so, you do that, you're playing with men, but how did you get to the Bradford Rattlers? Like, how does that happen? So that was, they. there was basically tryouts happening in the summer. So they ran a summer camp tryouts and I um, went out and did the tryouts. So you for... flew over to Canada and yeah, you saw, yeah, yeah. how did you pick Bradford? Why Bradford? Then, if Which, you're just going to pick tryouts. They actually, a friend of mine from the UK was was out there so he was like oh i'm gonna go to to these tryouts or maybe he did the year before he was older than me so maybe he'd done it before anyways i can't remember he he basically influenced me into it and said uh they run tryouts you know you can go along um it's a it's a summer camp as well so they basically pick from their summer camps so i was like sweet let's do it and then i flew out there made parents the team. gave me the opportunity and then yeah and then made the team and then from there never really looked back and then you move into Bradford, right? Like by Toronto, the north side yeah. of Toronto. North side of Toronto, yeah. So kind of knew that whole area. We were in are you doing Fargo. school or are you done at that point? You're just playing no, hockey. I was, I was done at that point, so I was just playing hockey. I just finished college in the UK, so it was good timing in terms of then I was – I mean, college in the UK is like the end of high school in the US. Um, yeah, in it's Canada. totally so different it was, systems, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so – yeah, so it was good. And then just went straight up. And So and, you played yeah, junior like, hockey in Bradford. You got there. You, you made the team. You play there. So you're living with billets or on your own? Uh, they had like they had these these dorms set up for guys that were coming in. Yeah. Uh, they were. I uh, looked at the guys. research team got hot. And like you had guys from different countries on that junior team. Yeah. There was a guy from South Africa on that team, I think. There was. What One was of the nipples. <laughs> <laughs> There was, yeah. We also had, funnily enough, at the summer camp that I went to that year and made the team, uh, Victor Hedman was there. Really? Yeah. So Ed, pretty Victor good. was there. He's pretty good. He made the team, but turned them down. Thanks very <laughs> right. much, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm going to the NHL. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> we might not stop here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's cool. That was good. So then you guys team. won it both you years like 15, too 15. then. Yeah, that's, that team is by far the best team. So again, again I guess it brought did that winning mentality okay so you had fun then like if you yeah you moved over to canada and then you guys win and you're saying you're yeah. better than the other teams that's fun winning's fun yeah I, it was fun in junior Intense when i was well, playing like, in my hometown and we were the best team like it was fun <laughs> yeah yeah we had a good time and um, mm-hmm. but yeah as i said like in, intense though like training was was twice a day gym was once a day but it was really good because it progressed me in from having not had that had that level of training you feel like my dad had to take me to practice at like midnight in the middle of nowhere which is like an hour and a bit drive on a tuesday just to have and the opportunity I mean? so yeah. just to have the opportunity to get on the ice and then we trained from or maybe it was like 11 till midnight or quarter past and then obviously by the time i got out we were getting home at like 2 30 a.m and he'd be up for work at six and then he'd do a full day and then i'd go to school or half the time i'd miss school because i was too tired and then <laughs> And then yeah. he would do the same thing the next night and he'd take well, me to the next next rink or the next team I was playing for because I was playing for multiple, like roller hockey and ice hockey. So you, you got to be years. a bit thankful for what they are doing for you, right? And it's like with oh, like 100%. with what we got going on now, it's like, well, nobody needs to 
thank me or us because like that's what we want to do it's like that is my entertainment tonight i get to go watch him play baseball and it's gonna be awesome yeah. and i can't wait to see him and his little shed guys try and beat the <laughs> other team that's undefeated and like he's a lucky kid because it's similar to me growing up in elmira we had an age group of players that were all athletes and to see the careers these guys had and it's like now colby has a few buddies in ripley that are athletes and like they're good hockey players they're good baseball players and like there's age groups where they can really suck in these small towns. And we're fortunate enough that we got a squad around here. Right. Yeah. 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 I can't wait to coach next season. We're going to kick the shit out of everybody. <laughs> Seriously. Why age, why age group under 13. Okay. Yeah. So Colby will be a first of, we have two years together in this small town. So Colby's a first year. And then uh, it, yeah, be a whole different squad than I've coached before. And, I'll have awesome. to teach them how to be shed guys, right? There we go. <laughs> right? It doesn't matter who gets the goals and assists as long as we win the game, right? And you better be a teammate. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I then to... you win both years. Why? I'm curious about this one. Why did you go NCAA? Because you don't make money. And like you said, you're done college. So why are you going to NCAA? Uh, I went to NCAA. So I went D3 uh, because I needed to progress. At hockey. I still was. Not a, you weren't going there for the hockey. school. No, fuck no. I, I, <laughs> I was there to, yeah, I was there to to learn more about hockey. I was there to mature as a goalie. I was there to get in the best shape I could possibly be in and give myself the best opportunity to then hopefully turn pro in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was just like another stepping stone, and it, it wasn't wasn't what I set out to do when I went to Canada. I didn't say I want to go to Canada for two years and then play until NCAA. the opportunity presented itself, and then you're like, well, and, why not? Yeah, exactly. And then it became apparent that actually this is a really good opportunity because, um, yeah, it was like it was cheaper. I mean, it wasn't a it wasn't a full ride, but it was cheaper for me to go to university in the US with the help that they were willing to give than it was for me to go to university in the UK. Not that I was going to go to university in the UK, but that was kind of how I like, yeah, justified to myself. I was like, okay, yeah, yeah. So I was like, okay, you made the decision to go. So yeah, where is Morrisville State College? Upstate New York, in between Syracuse and Utica. So near ah, my old honey hole, Syracuse, New York. That's a fun (laughs) city too. Yeah, yeah, you can have fun in Syracuse. It's a fun city. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Um. Okay. So is it like one of those little small schools then, where everybody knows everybody? Yeah, I learned that the first year. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If you're the only English guy on campus, everyone knows who you are. And uh, (laughs) right. It's kind of like when you go to Germany and you don't speak German and um, you dress like a North American, they point you out pretty quick. And then when you realize that everybody knows like that you're having fun and that, you know, it's like, Oh, sorry. (laughs) Didn't know I wasn't supposed to have fun. (laughs) Yeah. When anything, anything happens, the the coach would definitely know about it the next day. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you like, that's the small town world, right? It's like living in Edingheim, Germany. It's like, if me and five of the fellows got in one and had fun and like, even you walk home late at night, people see you out walking home and it's like, come on, yeah. leave us alone. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So after the two years at NCAA, then you decide you're ready and you leave. What did yeah, you I take in yeah. school for two yeah. years when you weren't really into it? Uh, I did. I do. Sports nutrition and fitness management. <laughs> loved the nutrition side. It didn't love the academic side of like 
maths and English. And because in the US, they have to, for anyone that hasn't been to US college, you have to like take other things as well. So you can't just take the subjects that you want to learn about. So right. I loved sports nutrition. I found it fascinating. I really enjoyed it. But, but I didn't you like had to take science. other stuff that you don't like. Yeah. I didn't like math. I didn't like English. And you had to do all of that. So I learned pretty fast that actually I was just taking the class that I wanted. And then my electives were just, I wasn't even doing them. And therefore I was so, you have to get these credits as well. So I was so behind on certain credits. I was like, I've done all the really cool stuff that I like. Yeah. One of them, for instance, was was public speaking. Would never have thought I would ever do that. But that helped in the future. I then learned how to public speak. I could, couldn't speak in front of anyone up until right. that class. And the guy, the, the professor would look like, um, Peter Griffin from Family Guy. He's just sit at the back of the room and he just, I don't know, made me laugh and gave me a sense of like, okay, like, fuck it, let's just talk. And that actually then progressed me. And then now, well, I you learn by doing, right? Time. Yeah, yeah. And then you get more comfortable by doing, right? Yeah, and that and that progressed. But yeah, so then I dropped out and I was like, okay, yeah, I had the opportunity uh, and I came back to the UK in the summer. I wasn't sure what I was doing, and then I spoke to Glasgow, and that was a brand new team in 2010. When the Glasgow, sorry, the Brayhead Clan was becoming an organization, Neil Black. That was their first year. That was their first year. So I was brought in as part of that, um, as part of that team, which was a a huge honor that Bruce, um, yeah, reached out to me and said, hey, would you be interested in joining? And I was like, hell yeah, Glasgow would be cool. I've never been, but it sounds like a cool opportunity. So I just took it, ran with it. And Glasgow is a cool city. Like it's a nice spot. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. My rookie year was so much fun. We had a great, again, a very good bunch of guys, but I think everyone was, you know, we had this tiny little budget and we weren't expected to do anything at all. So we then started to win a few games and got a bit of momentum. And, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And that, yeah, winning is fun and having a good group of guys makes it way more fun, right? Yeah, absolutely. And also Glasgow is a great night out, so I had a good time. Right. (laughs) Um, So I got a question. Did you ever play in a third place game? Yeah, plenty of them. Fuck's sake. Aren't they something? <laughs> Why do they keep doing them? Anyone from the IHL is listening. Well, because they still do them now. They're still doing them. And like people... I think I've played in I've played in three. Is that right? Three of them. Four? four, I, the, four. the only reason I, I asked was because like, you know, like I you weren't the starter in Glasgow, and then it says you played one playoff game and you had six goals against and whatever save percentage, and I'm thinking that's a third place game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That would have been the first year when everyone went out. That would have been the first time. So that was a terrible, terrible uh, opening. Yeah. Welcome to the playoffs. I'm pretty sure it's twice, maybe, maybe twice. I can't remember. Um, you would have played and then when I, we played in the third place I played game it. with Cardiff, right? Yeah. I got a shout out that year and everyone well, yeah, I yeah. got a shout out that year. That was uh, when they told us we couldn't go out because we had sucked so bad in the semifinals. And yeah. it's like, well, my career is over and I'm not a player. So me and Deese can go out. But the rest of the, the, rest of the team was on eggshells that night after. Oh, yeah. It was embarrassing. We lost 6 nothing in the semifinals like Coventry and it was embarrassing. Yeah. And nobody went out. One. And then the next game, you guys really dominated. <laughs> I think we won like 10 nothing, 8 nothing or something. Yeah, because um, they were in one. They couldn't. They were. They were on shaky legs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a. Uh, that was interesting. And then I also played for Guildford maybe once or twice. Um, that was that was probably the weirdest pregame speech ever. Was when I showed up, like tired from the night before. After like <laughs> my hockey career is over, all we have left is a third place game, 
And I show up like later than I normally would. And Lorna was like, what are you doing? Like, you have to do the speech. I'm like, I'm not doing a speech for third place game. Go fuck. You know, like I, I don't give a shit who wins this game. It's over yeah. now. We lost yesterday. And, um, me and Dees were both still in one and we did uh, just, it was ridiculous i think I, somebody was wearing like a horse head and we were on a skateboard it was so silly but you guys yeah. won <laughs> yeah there we go yeah well when you lose six nothing the night before and i spray paint myself blue with swat on my chest and then they go out and lay an egg right that'll piss you off <laughs> <laughs> right uh so anywho glasgow was a great time then eh and um, yeah good time so it was a couple of years and then finner took over so you played with finner yeah i played with finner we i did four years up there yeah how many years was he the coach he couple? was i was only i was only there for one year with him okay do you yeah. know about the chocolate in manchester what happens when they win now they throw chocolate on the ice because of the shed for real could you guys really I'm talking in the shed. I had a whole bunch of the Storm family on last year, and after every oh, win, nice. they chuck chocolate on the ice. Now, <laughs> I didn't know that. No. Yeah, it's pretty neat, actually. Um, but yeah, yeah. I like Fenner. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was he pushed hard for me to to make the GB team that year. I made it. So. Well, that's good. People need the, the people in their so. corner, right? And then, uh, so yeah, yeah. Why did you leave Glasgow to come to Cardiff then? So I was rooming with Bouncy at GB. Yeah. And he was telling me about all these changes happening in, or maybe, yeah, no, he was telling me about these changes happening in Cardiff. And I was like, no chance, because pre your day in Cardiff, it was not a very well run organization to be polite, I think, from what I'd heard about it. And so I was like, I'm moving to make me sign down there. And Boundary was like, listen, I think there's going to be some changes. I think it'll be better. It'll be great. And I was like, mate, not a chance. So I then took off to Australia. Nice little, uh, nice little trip out there to play in uh, in that league. Then we stayed in contact, and then things in car in sorry in Glasgow. The message of the first was we're resigning you, and then with all these things, and it changed, and they they were being a little bit shady with the money that was that was being done, and I was like, I don't really feel it's it's fair to to cut, and then they're like, okay, and then Cardiff reached out and said, hey we've heard from Bouncy that, and I was like, Bouncy, what do you mean? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, we, we've been interested in, this is Franny, interested, interested in signing you. So I was like, okay. Um, and at that point, things had broken down with uh, Glasgow. Glasgow the, yeah. that, that, had, that had finished. And I honestly thought I would have my full career in Glasgow. Like I planned to be there for 10 years. Right. Cashing on a testimonial, have a great time. And then do it. And this like a bit of a, a bit of a switch up. So yeah, then then when Franny reached out, I was like, sure, let's let's do it, and uh, so I signed. And, well, when and you moved, say moved, that, moved and like that's like I thought I'd play in Beatingheim like forever. I felt like that was home, and I actually remember when we went back with Cardiff that next year, you got a hell of an ovation in Glasgow. Yeah, that would yeah, have meant was, a lot really for special. a guy. Eh? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I definitely had a good relationship with the fans, and I'd obviously been there from day one. I ran the community program. So I helped um, try and get kids into the sport, talk about health, fitness, um, help the junior. There was a lot. Go- it was a lot going on for me, not just with the the clan themselves, but like the the, the fans the and the the juniors yeah. and with the community. So for me, that was like that's when it's tough I, to leave. 
Yeah, absolutely. Because you're you're there and you're put. I've put in way more time and effort in than ninety percent of ninety nine percent of the of the other people there because I believed that you know these kids and these people and the fans and you and you were helping grow something when they had never even yeah. had a team before. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then so then when it when then they were like actually we no we're going a different direction that was obviously quite a big like wow with me and I was like fuck do like this this was my plan yeah. and literally like. A day later, Franny reached out and said, "Hey, Bouncy said that you're interested, or Bouncy said that you're available, or something." Because I think I, because I think I spoke to Bouncy. Wow! Um, and then, yeah, th- th- then we became champions together, right? And then we became champions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we beat and we beat the clan. But yeah, that was an amazing reception, and I and I always love it up there, and it's always been great to get back. But then isn't it, it something though? When the, that- speaking of the Devils, is when you go there and all the Devils fans sing the national anthem. That's cool. Yeah. It's amazing, yeah, yeah. They are loud and right, yeah. They're, they're in a road awesome. arena, yeah. But Glasgow's yeah. got a fan base too, don't they? They they are passionate yeah. up there. Yeah, but as you say, like you know, I thought that was going to be the case, and I'm sure it was the same for you. But when you do move, and that door closes, another one opens, but then it opens up itself up to other things and other opportunities and other people. So I'm yeah. really happy it did, and you know, we wouldn't have met, and I wouldn't have won that championship, and. You're absolutely right, though. And it's like, for me, I mean? if Biedingheim wouldn't have asked me to kindly leave, I would have never gone to Denmark and seen what that yeah. was like. I would yeah, have never exactly. came to Cardiff. The, the whole thing wouldn't have played out the same way. And uh, I'm very thankful that it all happened now, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. precisely. So, no, let's see here. Australia was good, though. That's like when you're playing the most games, eh? Like, you played 20 games and you're the starter. Like, that would, yeah. like... It's got to be hard to develop your, you practice a lot, but you weren't playing that many games, right? Yeah, it was tough. I mean, it was always one of those cases of do you do a drop down a league and try and be a starter and, and push through that way? Or do I just keep plugging away in the EIHL? And, and hopefully you'll get your chance to And show hopefully you what... get a chance. And yeah, yeah it, it was really tough, but I think. Yeah. Either way would have been, would have been cool. Would have been yeah. fun. They would have been different experiences. Um, but yeah, Australia was a great opportunity to then go and just play every game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was cool. Guys were um, honestly the Aussies like those guys were so quick witted. They were so fun. Um, yeah, that was awesome. Like there was, I lived. I didn't live in the town. I lived in the middle of nowhere in this. It was an awesome place with a great guy, and we had a lot of fun. But I wasn't close to the rest of the boys, so I kind of regret that in a way because I was in over here in the mountains, and then the team were often you know going out and stuff and i was never around but apart from that it was it was a really really good experience i got to travel the whole of australia anyone looking to do it i'd highly recommend going and playing that league because you just get to well it's an opportunity to see the world right yeah like you would i i had even heard of guys going to australia and i thought geez that's an interesting opportunity and i never did do it and now who knows i may never make it there right yeah yeah that's one of those things exactly i've never been back since but what an opportunity to to do that and yeah you, know, you get to to play a bunch of games you get to see a bunch of cool cities some of the rinks are pretty mediocre at best but again experiences you know stories for the boys yeah and uh memories and yeah it's, it's cool memories exactly yeah so i'm really happy i did that yeah played all the games and then obviously then came straight back to cardiff right and then you had your two years in cardiff so then is that you were kind of decided to start stepping away and getting more into photography when you went to Guildford or why did you leave Cardiff? So yeah, I did two years in 
in Cardiff. And then the second year was when I then picked up a camera and started to get into photography, like towards the end of the season, like definitely the second half. I think it was kind of January onwards. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of the season, we went on that ski trip. Were you there? Yeah, yeah you were. Oh there. gosh, yeah, yeah, you were. Yeah, I we, never we went, skied. We Remember? Skiing. So you, yeah, that's right. That's a you story. Were, oh that's my a story. Oh my word, Jeepers! Was I there? Remember the red saucer yes. ride? Oh my god! <laughs> god. I, I honestly, I think, I think that red saucer ride is the wildest thing I may have done in my life. Um, that was crazy. Um, when I saw what I had done the next day, um, cause like it was cloudy and you couldn't really see how high it went the first day we were there. And then yeah. we go up and say, Carl says, you have to make it down. Like, that's what we're doing tonight. We're going to this shack, a third way way down the mountain and we're going to drink all night and eat the and snake. have moonshine and have the moon. Yeah. The moonshine with the snake, snake in it. Oh my God. And then at the end of the night, the people that own that shack, this is in Morzine, France, folks. This is living. The people that own that shack and cooked us food all night and fed us and let us drink. We had a time. We're Carl's friends when he played there. And then they were on snowmobiles behind us with lights so we wouldn't <laughs> fall off the mountain. And because of my knee, I couldn't ski. And I had a little red saucer that was at our chalet <laughs> and went down the whole mountain in France. It was nuts that was fun that was unbelievable um it was fun oh, until man, i went through such... the moguls that was not fun oh, such that... a good that was unreal yeah that was a good trip i had a lot of fun anyway so we went on that trip uh we came back to cardiff i had a summer job working for a radio station there and um yeah basically at the time then they were going in a different direction and i wanted to play a few more games so yeah we were coming back for and then the I was they were like, where would you want to sign if you weren't signing here? And I said, well, Guildford in the in the because they were at the time were in the Premier League, which is the league below. Um, and I was thinking, okay, well, it was also going to be good for being close to London. It was close to my family. Yeah, makes um, sense. So I was like, okay. So then Lorde called them and said, hey, listen, um, look into this guy basically. And then I think like. Paul Paul Dixon Digger, what a what a guy he's hit the head coach there. Um, eventually he'll he'll, he'll yeah, eventually call me after like a month. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, so uh, so hey, you're interested. We're looking to sign you, and I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. Because of course, I mean, you know, as a player, anyone else watching that's been a player, when you don't have a team, you're always like, fuck, what am I going to do? Yeah, um, yeah. And, I and then when the call others, finally happens, and you're like, oh. oh. Yeah, what a relief! <laughs> like, why couldn't you do that months ago? Um, I spoke to a few other. I spoke to a few other elite league teams, but they weren't offering any sort of because a backup position is never a big budget, and yeah. you know you're expected to basically pay your way around, and it's tough. And I'd obviously been elite for a while, so there was a certain expectancy that was there. Anyway, Skillford moved on pretty quickly, and I went in to split, and they had an import as well. Um, so it went really well and, and the beginning of the year was it was slow for me personally um, but I then became the starter in the second half of the year and we were like we were sucking and I just didn't get an opportunity until like and we were like I don't know eighth or something and I took us I think took us to fourth I think I won like 10 in a row oh that's living and that's then, fun yeah but I mean it's also down to the boys like you know there's a certain, only a certain amount that they they, they, you know, I was working hard in practice. I was doing my thing, and you know what it's like. And they're like, "Oh!" And I finally got an opportunity, and 
one of the captains is like, we're going to really turn it on here. Well, so give us a good game and we'll, we'll get the W. And then we did it. And then, and then you get on a heater. The next night. Yeah. And then you get on exactly. And then the boys are playing well, they have confidence. And then suddenly, yeah, we made it. We've then bumped ourselves up into the playoffs. We beat the top seed in the playoffs. Um, I got a shot in the first game, we went two nothing. And then we went through to the finals and then we lost in the finals, but it was cool to, to then do that. And, and because I guess I got hot. And do it as the, the starter. Year, yeah. Yeah. And do it as a starter. It was really, I was the only British goalie in the finals, like out of the final four as well. That's cool. Um, so it was nice. And then, and then obviously finishing on a, on a, on a hot streak meant that then when we went up back up to the elite league, they brought you with them. Yeah. Just, they brought me with them. And they were, I was one of the only guys, I think there's four of us that they brought with them. And I was one of that, one of those four. And I played a little bit at the beginning of that year. I played like games in a row. And then that was fun and it was good. And then towards the end of the year, they then had a, a second import because our other import got injured. Um, so yeah, it was good. So yeah, Guildford was a, was ended up being a good move. Well, then you uh, stayed there for four seasons, eh? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, it was it was great. And I think honestly, the mentality that the team had with my photography uh, that's what gave me the opportunity to do both. And they embraced um, you for who you were and what you your passion and what you were doing. Yeah, and that they knew you were going to show up and play hard and let me do this too, right? <laughs> yeah. And, and, the, and the, you know, the team would give me time off if I needed it. So if I had a shoot on a Tuesday, they'd be like, yeah, no worries, miss Tuesday practice. And I'd text Peter Check and say, hey, buddy, can you cover me? And he'd be like, yeah, so he'd be at practice. Is that right? And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy. <laughs> and then, and so he'd be there and then I'd take a Tuesday off because I had a page shoot somewhere and I'd go and do that. And then um, there was even like a week where I was in Bahrain shooting for the tourism board out there. And he covered me that week. And uh, Where's Bahrain? What's and Bahrain? Then, it's out in the, it's in the, it's near like, Dubai kind of area, I want to say, but further south, like it's the old original Dubai. It's really, it's beautiful. Um, oh. Very hot, sandy, deserty, yeah. uh, cool, modern building. And you're doing that while you're playing time. in the EIHL. <laughs> so I was doing that. So they, so the, the tourism board arranged the trip from Monday to Friday. So I could fly out on the Monday and be back on the Friday. So I could back up on the Saturday and Sunday. That's and when then, you yeah, know you're sought after yeah. when they're making deals for you <laughs> to be able to do that. And that's cool. And like, for me, what I appreciate is with like my real world job is like, they've always trusted me to get my job done and um, yeah. let me have fun and have my passion on the side too. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's so important as well, because you're going to then repay them that back in, in whatever way you can. So Exactly. And you're going to give her when, when yeah. people are on your team, yeah, you, you can work hard, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So 100%. then you had a great time at Guilford and then you decided to shut her down yeah. when all the baloney started and then got do dove right into it, but you were already yeah. pretty well there. <laughs> Yeah, I was lucky enough to have my business kind of set up. And I mean, you'll have seen this as well with guys that are retiring from hockey. It's your identity. It's it's what you love. It's your passion. It's the boys. It's And at the time I was, I was single. So when I was then leaving that, if I hadn't have had my photography set up, it would have been a completely, I guess, a, a very different way of coming out of it because you don't have that identity. You don't have anyone else around you. You're there doing your own thing. So having the photography really, really helped. Yeah. No. And you, you already yeah. had your community of people and like you had those shooters set yeah. up where you were meeting up with yeah. people and having fun and following your passion. It's like, I, yeah, I posted a picture on my story there on Instagram the other day of what I looked like in 2016 and what I look like now. And um, 
like I was I was having a hard time out of the game and I had lost yeah. my identity and I had no passion to really be doing anything. I hated yeah. hockey with where I was at in life and what was happening. Yeah. Um, and I had a really hard time. And then starting this and getting to do this and everybody's been supportive and it means the world. And then you can be happy again, you know? Yeah, 100%. No, I completely believe that. And I think that hockey guys aren't told enough that once you're leaving the sport, like what you've learned within the sport will take you in any direction you want. Because you're a good person. You know how to be around other people. You know how to work hard. You know how to be on time. You know how to... And all these simple things, I have then learned that not many people have those skill sets. (laughs) So those are like those are like desired skill sets within the workplace of whatever you want to do. So yeah. if you're thinking, oh, I can't do it because I haven't, I haven't been educated, like push hard towards it because like there is that opportunity there and you have, you may not have that like studying skill set, but you have that skill set in life because you've been around so many things. And the, the work ethic too, right? It's like some of the bag skates you go through, some of the workouts, oh. some of the stuff that you have to push yourself through together um, is like, geez, it, the stuff you're asking me to do really isn't that hard. <laughs> no, literally. No, yeah. right? And then other people are like acting as though you just asked them to go and climb that Everest. And you're like, no, yeah. like it's literally. No, you just have to go do it. Like, <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Just get but, it done. And, and then it's like when you play hockey with a bunch of dudes and special people and you all learn from each other. And it's like, you see the careers everybody had for that devil's team and what people are doing after hockey. It's like, that was a successful group of, dudes and um Mm. and i've been on other teams with that type of guys i call them shed guys right and it (laughs) (laughs) um like it's i don't know it changes who you are changes your drive changes your identity as being around great people in the game of hockey right absolutely yeah 100 percent. and that's why it's so tough to get out of afterwards but it's great to see you having so much success and doing what you're doing because Man, it's uh, when I saw how good you were getting at it in such a brief amount of time, and now how big you've gotten. It's um, it's passion, it's work ethic, but it's talent, and uh, seems like you figured out what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Very lucky to have something for after hockey, and yeah, the the passion and the yeah the love for it is there. Yeah, well, it was great catching up with you again, sir. Mate, and that's so what good. I love Thank about this man is like getting to see your brothers from back in the day and you get to finally sit down and have a chat. Like we probably didn't sat, sit down and talk like this for the whole year at Cardiff, right? Like you don't get to sit down like this. Yeah. <laughs> and no, this has been an experience to talk right? about either. It's this yeah. is so much fun. Thanks for making the time. I know you're a busy boy, Mate, man. <laughs> of course. Now, don't be silly. I'm actually going out now to shoot a YouTube video. So Oh, jeepers. Well, there you go. And I'm going to send this out too. (laughs) (laughs) And this has been another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Willsey and Wally. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm. And that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott, I'm trying to go back.